Hey guys, it's Rachel. Welcome to another episode of Podcast Here. I am probably sounding crazy right now because I'm totally in a hurry. (laughs) It has been a crazy, crazy busy week, but I had an amazing interview with Devin. I'm actually going to have her on again sometime while she's on the PCT so you guys can hear from her uh, an update from her through hike. Devin is amazing. She's so busy, but she's also one of the most compassionate people I've met. And it was just such a pleasure to be able to actually talk to her and have a real conversation with her. We never officially met on the trail, but we did hike the AT in the same year. So I found Devin on Instagram. I have always wanted to like meet her and talk to her because she is so positive on her Instagram and she's always doing something. She's always traveling and it just seemed like the perfect person to have on the podcast. She has so many big goals for herself and she has really just taken life and run with it (laughs) and it's really amazing to me. So today Devin and I talked about so much stuff. Um, I don't even know where to begin. We talked a lot about life after trail, um, her stress fractures that she got on trail in her foot. We talk about her plans for future through hikes and going gluten-free on trail. We talk about her Lyme disease, contact lenses. Oh my gosh, guys, we talk about so much. Um, so get ready for a jam-packed hour. This is going to be a two-part episode. The second part will be about half as long as this one. Next week, I am trying my best to release my vlogs from my weekend on the AT in February this year. I went back to revisit and do the first 30 miles because I did not hike Blood Mountain during my thru-hike. So, since I'm releasing that next week, I am going to release a 40-minute podcast episode. Without uh, further ado let's hear from Devin. We really just dove right in, so (laughs) get ready. I don't think she introduces herself until the second episode, but it's fine. You guys are gonna love her. Your life's been a whirlwind, I feel like. Yeah, I really just want some stability this year. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's so funny. After living kind of nomadically for the past year and a half or so, and don't get me wrong, I'm stoked to be hiking the PCT, but I am, like, already looking forward to a point <laughs> in my life where I'm like, okay, I have a home and a stable job, and, like, I'm not planning to leave here in a couple months forever. Yeah, totally. Uh, and just, like, knowing, I don't know, a general idea of how much money you're going to bring in <laughs> in the next three months or, like, ooh, yeah. I don't know, where you might be sleeping at night would be super cool. <laughs> Yes, I completely agree. Yep, totally. How's North Carolina been? It's so nice. It's so mild. There's no, like, seriously bad weather here, which is great. Ugh, it's been so easy. And there's, like, I've already made a few, like, in-person friends, which is great. Nice. It's just simple. It's not hard to navigate. I don't have to see my parents every day as much as I love them. (laughs) (laughs) Right? No, I totally get that. How have you been meeting people? Um, so mostly Instagram, honestly. Nice. Yeah, Um, I love Instagram. Like, you know, 
lots of shade can be thrown at it. And I think that there is like this beautiful balance that should be made. But it is so wonderful, the connections you make from it and the growth that can be developed and all the beautiful things. It's just marvelous. I think when you actually treat it like a community platform, like it was meant to be, it's a fantastic place. But when you treat it like... I need to have as many followers as possible, and mm. this is my image, and yeah. <laughs> I'm going to compare myself to other yeah. people, then it's toxic. <laughs> yes, 100% agree with that. Ugh, yeah. Wow. So how's your life? How's everything going post-trail? It's been interesting. It's been, like, this ongoing tidal wave, <laughs> you know, like, in and out of... It's kind of indifferent. So right after I finished trail, I got a job immediately. Like I lined it up right after I got home working at this health food store. It was great. But I knew I was going on a three and a half week road trip a month after I got home. So I kind of knew whatever job I took would be temporary. Mm. Anyway, long story short. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Can't put roots down. Um, I, yeah, I think I worked like two or three days and then I took a five day trip to Colorado to see my siblings. And then I got back and worked for like three weeks. Both of my checks bounced from this company, which ended up going out of business. And it was like, no, I know, I know, I know. So like, I'm on the road, like middle of my road trip and these uh, direct deposit paychecks that are supposed to be coming into like my already depleted bank account from trail <laughs> like not showing oh, up and I'm just like no. okay this is fun um by the grace of the universe it all worked out and um I took this rad road trip I started in Havasupai with my sister and then I met up with peaches from the trail and we drove all around the Pacific Northwest Washington, Oregon, Montana, and Idaho. Oh my god, I'm so Um, jealous. Wow. It was honestly one of the best trips ever. We kind of, it was an upgrade from trail life because we were van lifing it, so we like had this stable center. We didn't have to pack up every night, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. It was still pretty dirt baggy, but like we didn't mind at all. Peanut Um, butter and tortillas, anybody? Oh, right. literally there are photos of us like crushing up chips and putting them in tortillas <laughs> with hummus and we're like oh my god nothing's changed that's so great um, yeah so anyway we did that and then I got home from that and there was this like before that trip I was experiencing a little bit of depression and to be honest I don't really remember exactly the timing of it but it was probably after that when I started to get back into a routine that this just like wild wave of depression hit where it was like I didn't think I missed the trail and I thought I'd just acclimate back to life at home with Mm. ease because before I went on the trail I was traveling in Southeast Asia for three months, and then I was living in Colorado for three months, and then I was back home for just a month before I left for trail. So, oh like, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So I was on the road for a while, and when I got home, it was so brief, and because I'd been gone for so long, I, a lot of the people from home wanted to see me and connect quick before I left again. So... I was just constantly surrounded with like a lot of the people I love in my life Mm. and I didn't, I 
not that I thought that that's how it would be when I got home this time, but I thought that emotionally I would feel as stable as I did then. Mm. And I just did it because it, it had been that much longer away from home. So not only did I evolve and grow, but the people in my life also did. Like, they have their own lives as well. Mm. And, and your routine is so different. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I actually make my bed now. Because <laughs> I'm used to, like, packing up my bed. So I just I know. make it now. <laughs> yes. I know. It's, it's interesting. Like, the things, not necessarily that you ever took that for granted, but, like, it doesn't seem as little like this big task that you have to do anymore because you carried your life on your back for so long and you were used to setting up camp at night packing it up in the morning and doing that on repeat like you develop these habits you're wasting your exhausted time so why would you dilly dally or complain or like dawdle while you're trying (laughs) no you're just gonna get up you're gonna make your bed you're gonna go you're not gonna yeah yeah it's so different Yeah, so it was, I just hit this point where I I think I was playing it off because I had Colorado and then the road trip. And after the road trip with Jackie, I went out to San Francisco to see like one of my best girlfriends from Pennsylvania who moved out there. So I went to see her. So I had these really fun things planned to distract me. (laughs) And then when I finally got home, it was like, okay, now you're working for real and you're settling down for five-ish months before you leave for trail. And you have and to that's process when it kind of hit me. You haven't yeah. had the time to sit and process the stuff. Yeah. Yes. That's literally it to a T. And I was forced to slow down. And I was living with my dad at the time. And it was nice, but I had gone from living in the woods on my own to then being, like, in this apartment that was just like it felt so suffocating and mm-hmm. you know living back with your parents you can relate like, oh my god totally <laughs> it's just a lot they always um, wake up when I want to wake up and make breakfast they're always in there I'm like come on <laughs> or like they're always in the bathroom when you need it <laughs> <laughs> oh actually um so yeah so it was interesting and finally I have a condo in Doylestown and I rent the rooms out and the one person finally moved out so I could move into the one room. Mm-hmm. So eventually I got into my own space and, you know, got one job and then two jobs and then three jobs and just started working. So there was this point even then where it was like I was filling my schedule with all of these things to still distract what I knew I needed a process. And eventually, like I said, it just kind of hit me mm. and it, it yeah I mean it's beautiful and I was expecting it a while ago it just kind of was shocked that it took so long and I guess you know I forced it to take so long but um anyway it's it's been a ride yeah (laughs) it's a a roller coaster man yeah and there's that other part where it's like well I'm leaving again in two months to go hike the PCT so oh well yeah (laughs) dude that's insane are you like are you prepared what do you what do you have left Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's dramatic. It's I'm pretty prepared. Let's see. This go around, I'm trying to be a little lighter in my pack. So I've got a lot of new gear, basically all new gear. 
um, and efforts to just carry a lighter load. I know I don't need as much as I had before, and my foot will be a lot happier with me if I don't have so much weight on my back. Mm. Um, What happened with your foot? So, (laughs) good question. (laughs) Um, Like, first week into trail. So, backstory, I have Lyme disease, and the way I found out, I was getting tested for two years for something. I just knew something was off. And a holistic doctor, family doctor, over the course of those two years, all my blood work was coming back fine. And eventually I was cycling and I think I found out some bad, annoying news. And so I took it out of my body and just rode too many miles and too high of a gear. And I thought that's what injured my knee because the next morning my knee was the size of a grapefruit. Whoa. And yeah, I know. So I eventually went into the, uh, the doctor to see if I actually tore something or, you know, get a couple x-rays and MRIs. And it came back fine. They said I just overdid it, so to take a break. And I took a month off. And it's, the swelling went down, but never to the full extent. And then nine months later, it blew up again. And I went back in and asked him to drain it because I was leaving to go to Colorado and hike a bunch. So he drained it. And then two weeks later, it blew up again. And I just said, you know, doc, what gives? And Mm. he mentioned that we should test the fluid. So he drained the synovial fluid, tested it, and it came back with Lyme disease. Um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This whole journey. It's like you finally have an answer, but it's also the shittiest answer you could have gotten. (laughs) Right. I know. Seriously. So it's been a journey since then. But anyway, fast forwarding to the first week into trail, I was always a little nervous about how my knee would hold up and my joints in general. And so my knee started hurting in the Smokies like everybody else's knee. Mm -hmm. And um, I got a brace on, but I assume that I was walking a little off and it eventually hurt my foot. Mm -hmm. And then because my foot and my knee were hurting, I was walking even weirder (laughs) and so I I ended up with three stress fractures but I still hiked the whole trail and I didn't get it checked out until um, like early January I think is when I got the MRI for the (laughs) follow-up I know I'm like an idiot oh (laughs) man it's the worst I'm, I'm I'm kicking myself but also if I we're in the same situation I think I would have done the same thing honestly yeah um enough ibuprofen you know got me to Katahdin and that's fine (laughs) um liver candy anyway (laughs) so I'm in a boot for a while Mm. um I was in it for a month already and nothing happened so now I'm in a boot and on scooter on a scooter slash crutches so just like no weight um and then I'll wear it for one more month, putting weight on it. And then three days later, I'll fly to San Diego to hike the PCT. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I know. Wow. Are you nervous? Uh, Do you think that it's going to be a problem? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm taking a supplement that I think is helping – my bones heal and strengthen um I'm trying to change my diet a little bit to give it the best opportunity to strengthen Mm -hmm. and heal um 
Hang on one In second. In the meantime. I'm sorry. Yeah. My no, cat you're good. is scratching at the door. Oh. <laughs> She's just going to make noise. Come here. Come on. Oh, I can hear her. <laughs> She'll just, like, meow and scream until I let her in here and whatever. Can you lay down? Just relax. Okay. You're okay. She's... This isn't, like, obviously our normal living place, so she gets very... She has to, like, be near me at all times. Oh, well, I'm sure moving, too, is, you know, yeah. a change for a cat in itself. Oh, my God. And we move so much, too. Okay. Is um your your man with you? Yeah. So we're, like, staying in his, um, his mom's house right now. And oh, nice. I'm basically looking for an apartment to move into, like, at the end of April. And he is going out west to be a firefighter. So. Whoa. Yeah. It'll be, yeah, so I'm, like, not, I don't know, I don't think it hit me until, like, a month ago that he was leaving and that we were going to be apart for six months, partially because, like, we moved in together and I have found that, like, I have certain standards for living and he does not, (laughs) and as much as I love him... Uh, so it's, I don't know. There's just, like, things that you learn when you're living together. (laughs) Yeah, right? Um, so it's just been, like, a struggle, but at the same time, it's, like, I also want to make the most of it while he's here. Mm. Um, and, like, no, we didn't have to say goodbye at Baxter, thank God. Yeah. It would have been so, so hard for me, but I think, I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily going to be easier saying goodbye this time, but... Yeah, that's true. I also don't think that, like, it's worth moving out west just to come back, because I'm not... I don't... My goal for 2019 was to not experience winter, because I hate winter. And so far, I have been just shy of one month of winter successful. (laughs) Um, And where he's going is going to be snowing. Is it cold in North Carolina? Um, it's chilly, but it snows, like, once in a blue moon in this area, so. Okay. Like, and we're not you're used to, like, up north. Yeah, I'm used to Maine, which is mm, awful. cold. Yeah, my dad keeps sending me photos of the snow piling up in front of the trailer <laughs> I was living in, and oh, <laughs> I'm so glad I'm so, there. Yeah, right? <laughs> so glad. Uh, and, like, the, um... The firewood situation was really becoming a problem because there's just such a shortage in Maine this year. It was just impossible to find any. And it was so expensive if you did. So oh, I just I don't. Really thought about that. Yeah, it just was. It was. It's hard living there anyway. And uh-huh. it was just not. I don't know. I was just like, if there's another option, why would it be? <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you find your way out. Yeah, and it was like, I mean, we were living in a trailer with no plumbing, no kitchen, no nothing, no bathroom. It was just like a bedroom with a wood stove, and it was like 200 feet from my parents' trailer where we would go to like shower and use the bathroom and the kitchen. But like, it's so cold, like it's it's winter, so you know, I don't want to shovel every day to go back to my parents' place, and I don't want to, like, walk to use the bathroom through the snow, and, like, there's no, we had, like, an extension cord, but it's not like we had power, really, we had, like, a couple lights, (laughs) and you could charge your phone. It was basically, like, being on trail in a shelter. I was literally just gonna say, Rachel, it sounds like you're still on trail. (laughs) It was, like, living at 
Fontana Dam, basically. Oh. <laughs> you know? like Which, like, in the moment when you get there, you're like, yeah. I can live here. And then you're like, no. no. <laughs> Nicest possible shelter, but no. <laughs> um, oh, and it was just like, I don't know, you get home at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and it's already dark out and you have to start a fire and it is negative 13 degrees and it will take at least six hours for it to heat up hot enough so now you absolutely must stay up till 9 p.m at least to get the fire hot enough to keep it warm enough throughout the night which you have to get up every hour and a half to put another log on because the wood you got was the cheapest wood you could find and it was not good wood (laughs) oh my Um, gosh so like no sleep on top of living in a basically closet with a wood stove with your boyfriend and just like you know trying to make enough money to get out of there but also just I don't know as much of a community as I had it it wasn't enough to be I don't know I was just miserable like it was it was and you're having post-trail depression and you're just you I could not go outside I have Raynos which like Mm-hmm. It's awful, and my toes and my fingers would just be cold all the time, no matter how hard I moved. And like even here, I get numb toes, mm-hmm. and it's, it's yeah, like, yeah, I have the same thing. Not it's cool the worst. It's yeah, terrible. And so all of that combined just kind of made it of <laughs> not ideal living situation. And his mom offered for us to like stay with her for a bit and just um like she. She had his room from high school is like huge and it has a walk in closet and a bathroom, and obviously, she has a kitchen <laughs> and there's power in here and like radiant heat. And it was just, I'm not gonna say no, <laughs> yeah, right? Well, hey, proud of you for lasting so long in the situation prior and for making it work and being the badass that you are seriously and then making your way down south to this new situation and still kicking ass like you're doing things it's cool to watch thanks girl it's so much it's funny because I'm really one of those people who beats myself up for idle time or like if I watch TV or really anything that involves not doing work I feel guilty doing Unless I'm, Mm -hmm. like, going for a hike or a walk or something. So finding that balance post-trail after realizing that I needed to relax sometimes, obviously. Um, So that's been kind of a struggle because every time I, like, took a break in Maine, I was like, oh, I'm not working hard enough. But it's not unacceptable to want to sleep a full night. Like, it's it's not unacceptable to be stressed out in a situation like that and be, like, my whole job is just, like, applying for stuff and selling myself and writing. And it's not – it's not that hard, but it's not easy by any means. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just – I – now that I have, like, the stability of a living space that's not staying up all night and going crazy, I can actually – get my work done and find the balance and do self-care and now I'm like well I'm not gonna go back to the shack for the summer so but I'd also like financially it doesn't make sense for me to go out west with Ted because he's leaving I mean he's leaving sometime in April and he's coming back sometime in the fall so 
because I don't want to be anywhere with winter and he's going to be in Washington, which is all winter. Yes. And I, so I'm not going to sign a year lease somewhere like that. Like I don't, I'm going to get, I get such bad winter depression. I'm just not, I'm not ready for that again. Yeah. I want to avoid it. No, I feel that. And I don't have anything tying me down, so I might as well avoid it. But just the cost of driving out there, especially with Bonnie, I would have to get like a motel room because she's a cat and she gets sick and she's not going to want to sleep in the car and Mm. all of that. So it just turned into this whole expensive ordeal just to live there for five months. It doesn't make sense. I'd rather have a long-distance relationship for the summer. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, the trail just obviously depletes your bank account. And it's not like my bank account was that great before trail. (laughs) Uh, And my parents just, like, helped me out so much on trail. And now it's like, now I have to get my financial game together before I can literally make any other moves at all. Mm -hmm. So stability. And, like, the only way to really grow financially for me is to have some kind of stability. Yeah. It's just so hard. It's so hard to write when you are not when you're stressed because you're focused on everything yeah. else. Yeah, you're exactly. You're 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 yeah. split into a million different places and really. it's hard to channel that energy when you're you have to worry about other things, for sure. And then you sit in front of a white blank page with your oh. shoulders hunched in stress and you just think uh yeah, nothing. <laughs> Come on, anything. I <laughs> oh, I was supposed to be writing this like newspaper thing and it just turned into this I just kept pushing the deadline that I gave to my editor, and finally she was like, you know, like, we don't have to have a deadline. It's it's really okay. Like, the offer will still stand if you need more time. And I don't even think I realized how much more time I needed to be processing the things that happened to me on trail and the things that I did and the to write about it, you know? It's so much yeah. more than just writing what you did, like, the, all the feelings and the things that you go through on trail, you know? Yes. So. Yes. All the things. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, before um, I was talking to someone about, like, what, like, what are things to talk about on podcasts? Like, what's interesting? And we just got into this talk of, like, all the things. Like, literally yeah. all the things. And it's just, it's, it's wild how quickly it all went by in hindsight. Yeah. But then I love that I took so many pictures because I'll go through photos all the time and be like, oh, my gosh, this happened so long ago. Or, yeah. oh, like, we did this the day before that. Like, no way they were so close. Or, yeah. You know, it's, it's just it's there's so many different things happen on trail. And you can kind of when people ask you, like, how is trail? You're like, well, like the whole thing went wrong is great but like do you want to hear about the time when I fell in and blood all over or yeah. like the time when a bear like growled in the middle of the night right next to all of our tents like which <laughs> would you what what part are you asking you know so it's, it's yeah. so complex and simple but it's it what it's what makes us want to go back out there you know yeah it's it's also just like I cannot I am not condensed fruit okay I am not sweet and condensed fruit I am an entire apple orchard you know what i mean like that is the experience it is not 15 apples condensed into a can that tastes sweet that you want to drink because it's a good story it is the whole orchard unpicked ungroomed no one's mowed the lawn nears <laughs> oh my god 
Oh, yeah. And that's, it's funny you say that because today I was telling a coworker, it's like, yeah, I was actually thinking about the trail. And for some reason, like a lot of the shitty parts about trail have been coming like back to my memory. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, wait, I'm about to do this again? Like, <laughs> what am I thinking? And then it's, you know, you quickly transition to all of the great memories. But yeah, it's easy to shove the, like, the bad things or the, not bad, but the hard things back mm-hmm. and just remember all the beautiful moments. And I think that's, that is one of the neat parts about trail for me is that even through the hardest times, whether it was injury or loneliness or like processing some deep shit that was going on, it's that it, it passed, you know, you kept pushing forward or upward or northward, you know, (laughs) and eventually you got through it because you had to. So the the lesson of just facing what's going on in your life head first and really feeling it whether it's good whether it's bad happy or sad and really embracing that moment of processing allows it to go by so much more quickly and then you can move on to the next bit great or bad you know yeah totally I also think that like coping with anxiety has gotten a lot easier for me Mm. like on trail I'd be anxious a lot but I could at first I couldn't figure out why like until Virginia I did not know why I was anxious I thought I'm diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder I'm just anxious like it's normal to just be anxious and Mm. I never thought like what is the source of my anxiety is there something I can change is there something I can fix is there a reason I'm feeling stressed or anxious until like Virginia (laughs) so then after that every time I got anxious I would sit down and think like while I was walking I would just be thinking all of the things that might be bothering me all the things that might make me anxious Mm. any pressure I could possibly have and when I learned to do that which you just learn naturally because you're having problems yeah when I sort of learned to do that and actually apply it and I got home and I started feeling anxious I really started to work through it and every time I started to feel anxious I would say to myself okay when was the last time you went for a walk or when was the last time you sat and meditated and then I would realize that I haven't been outside in like three days (laughs) which is appalling for me And I would go for a walk and then I think things through and I realize I come out with like the top five things that are bothering me and I say, this is how I'm going to fix them. And that has saved me so much time and energy (laughs) and Mm -hmm. like bullshit because I just confronted it. It wasn't, you don't just let the anxiety and stress loom over you, Mm -hmm. you confront it. Yeah, or even, like, make up excuses for it or high-level the anxiety. It's, like, as soon as I ask myself what's actually going on or why I'm feeling this way to the point where I actually get to the root cause, which more often than not is just something I don't want to admit or, like, have to process. Yeah. Damn it, here we are again, Devin. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it's, like, getting to that root cause. And that's what I feel like you can't hide from anything when you're hiking. Like, you either process it or... You process it, honestly. Like, totally. There's no running away from what's going on because you're out there day in and day out. Like there's no, there's no going on all of these trips to distract yourself, or there's mm-hmm. no hanging out with all of your friends to distract yourself. It's, there's very little you know, social media to distract yourself. 
Yeah, no Netflix. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no downtime. It's funny oh. because even like just going out for the weekend, I went down to Georgia for my trailversary and I did. I love that. Oh, it was so. It was like great and awful all at once, which is just the trail in general. Uh, (laughs) But I only did like 30 miles and it was just like really two days, not even if you count all the hours. And that first night I set up my tent and I stealth camp. Like I didn't even go to a shelter. I just stealth camp next to a waterfall because that's where I made it to. And I just made all of these decisions for myself by myself. And, you know, I had a really hard time doing that when I actually through hiked because I just would go wherever everyone else was going or go wherever Miles was going because I didn't I'd never camped alone like I'd slept in my Uh, van alone but not you know in my parents driveway or like in a parking lot I'd never truly truly camped alone and I, except actually, no, one time in New Hampshire, I did camp alone and I did not sleep at all. And I was terrified because there was a huge storm and I thought that Miles was night hiking and I just, it was just a bad night. It was a mentally bad place for me to be. And I saw him the next morning. He was like, yeah, it was fine. What are you talking about? Everything was okay. Oh, oh no. And I just stayed up all night worrying and it was just so strange to me to know that like. There is there is no one else in this moment that you need to be worrying about but yourself. And you can make these choices for yourself. You're by yourself. Make the choice. What do you want to do? I want to camp right here. Okay, I'm going to camp right here. And I, you know, I set up my tent by myself and I went to make dinner and realized I forgot my lighter and then realized I forgot my spork and then <laughs> ate cold ramen because that's oh. all I had. And then it just started pouring and then I was thinking like oh my god I'm alone right now why am I freaking out and then I just started crying like bawling and honestly I don't know I felt embarrassed that I was crying like there's no one there to be embarrassed for but I was upset with myself for crying and being scared and like honestly I was crying because I was lonely it wasn't I wasn't scared of anything like whatever a deer comes and sniffs my tent they do it all the time Uh, i don't think there's a bear out there i'm pretty sure i haven't seen any mice i'm fine i'm alone (laughs) but it was this like sinking loneliness feeling and i realized that like i need to spend more time alone without media and Mm. confront this because that is a feeling i'm going to have for the rest of my life if i don't practice being alone Because, like, I grew up in such a tight-knit community. I was never alone, you know? Like, someone was always home. Someone was always there. Even if you weren't directly with them, someone else was always there. And now I am truly alone. There is no one around for at least two miles, you know? Yeah. Um, It's a shocking reality that you have to face and come to terms with and be comfortable with. Like, yeah. when you first start meditating, you're like, oh, this is interesting. And it's, you like, to... uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same thing with loneliness. Our minds are just always so stimulated anymore. And, you know, A, to not be stimulated in that way. And then B, to be alone and not be stimulated in yeah. that way. You know, that's it's a lot to um, process. It's just a shock to the system. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you for getting out there, though, and pushing through. It was good. And then I, like... 
I don't know, I, for a couple hours I stayed up and I, like, vlogged while I was crying because I didn't know what else to do, and I thought that talking about it would make me feel better. <laughs> and then I... But did it? Yeah, it really, actually yeah. really made me feel better. And honestly, I didn't even need to talk to my camera. I could have just talked to myself, but I felt too weird doing that for some yeah. reason. Um, But I didn't sleep. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep at all. I was too anxious. And it was raining, but it wasn't that bad. So... I, by the time 4 a.m. rolled around, I was like, I'm just going to start hiking. Like, it's going to get light eventually. Damn, girl. And then I realized that it was Georgia, <laughs> and it was raining, and the fog was so bad. <sighs> I could not see for shit. And, like, I have bad eyesight anyway, and I was wearing contacts, and I totally forgot my hat, so the rain was just going directly in my eyes. And I forgot so many things that weekend. I'm so glad I was not on a through hike. Gosh, I was a clown. Uh, <sighs> and wait, some... side question. Mm-hmm. Do you, what kind of contacts do you wear? Um, I wear AccuView Oasis. Do you, how long can you leave them in for? I, mm, well, I've worn them for a full 24 hours before and it was bleak by oh. the end. Okay. But... I'm, like, looking for a pair I can wear for, like, a month. Oh, they make monthlies. Okay. Oh, they last technically two weeks. I, on trail, would wear them for, like, 18 days straight. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, but I wouldn't leave them in for more than, like, 13 hours at a time. Oh, you took them out at night? Yes. Do you have to do that with all contacts? Um, no, they make ones you can sleep with, but they're... I think the ones that you can sleep in are hard contacts, so they're different. So okay. I know nothing. I need to do my research. <laughs> yeah, you gotta talk to your doctor. It's pretty... There's a lot of options out there. I did not want to use dailies, mostly because I feel really bad about all the plastic waste. Yeah, and yeah. also it's really gross, like how dirty we are touching that and putting it into our eye every day. <laughs> yeah. On trail. Dude, <laughs> I would like that. pure all my hands and put my contacts in and then just be like... Well, hope it's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one time, one of my contacts got lost in my eye during a rainstorm, and I just left it in there Whoa. for, a, like, a week. That sentence doesn't make sense to me. It was, <laughs> it just, like, so it, when it got wet, it, like, folded under my eyelid, and oh. I guess this is a TMI warning for our listeners. Jeez, this is disgusting. Um, it <laughs> folded under my eyelid, and the next... Like, I tried to get it out that night, but, of course, I didn't have a mirror or anything, and I my phone, it was too dark. I couldn't see in my camera or anything, and I couldn't find it, and I didn't want to just, like, keep digging around with my dirty fingers, <laughs> so I just left it in there, and... Oh, no. Well, so I once saw this video of this lady who left her contacts in her eyes for, like, six months, and she just kept putting a new one in and folding the old ones back, and then at the end of the six months, she ended up having to get surgery to remove all of them. Oh, my gosh. What? And it absolutely terrified me, dude. But she didn't... Dude, your eyes have so much more room than you think, which is also disgusting. (laughs) And... But long story short, she did not, nothing seriously bad happened to her. Like, she was, she had a little infection. She took some antibiotics, but she was fine. So I was like, if I leave this in my eye for a couple days, I'll be okay. And Whoa. it was funny because it was like our first day out of town too. So 
I just left it in there for like four days until we got to the next town and then I took it out after I showered so that my hands were like as clean as possible. How did you find it? Uh, it was very trial and error. I just like pulled my eyelid away from my eye as much as possible with a mirror (laughs) and just like dug around. It kind of hurt, but like once you get used to touching your eyes so much... As long as you're not, like, directly poking yourself right into, you know, the center of your eye, it's really not so bad to touch, like, the rim. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, like, so intrigued by this process. Did you not wear, you wore glasses on trail? Yeah. The whole thing? Yeah. Wow. What did you do in the rain? Oh, you know. Oh, I had a hat. I had a hat so it would block the rain. Um, there was like a week and a half period where I pretended I didn't need glasses, so I just didn't wear them. I think I tripped a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like eventually, just put my glasses back on. Did but, they not um, fog up on you? They did occasionally, but they were. I maybe because the rims were so thin, it was just like very thin metal. Um, maybe they had good ventilation because they didn't fog up that often. Like there mm. were definitely a solid maybe ten occasions where they did to the point where I would have to take them off and wipe them off. And, like, through the, I remember, maybe it was, like, Mount Washington or the day before that or something, that it was so foggy and so rainy that I couldn't wear them because they were just covered in moisture. Mm. Um, But, yeah, for the most part, they were fine. I think, well, I have plastic rims and they rest on my cheeks because my cheeks are so big. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I think that was my issue, but I could not, I couldn't hike in my glasses. I oh, interesting. did Blood Mountain in my glasses, but that was it. And it was only like a four mile day. It wasn't. Okay. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No props to you for, wow. Yeah. And I do it again, but I think, well, where was it? The partnership shelter, my best friend, Sean, who I started the trail with, he actually, it was really cute and sweet. And he and this other guy, 007, set up a projector screen out of like a shoebox and a magnifying glass (laughs) and we went up top and like the crew that we were with we all watched oh my gosh I'm so embarrassed I don't even remember what movie it was but something about the PCG and um we, we were watching it, and I laid my glasses down next to my mattress pad, and he, instead of walking around, he stepped across me, and he stepped on my glasses. Oh, <laughs> no, that happened to me, too. Oh, whoops. Um, he's going to be so mad that I just said <laughs> <laughs> um, But anyway, so they had a little track in him, them, and then when I came home, he actually had a birthday party. And we were just dancing and having fun, and they fell off my face, and they cracked even more. And at that point, I was like, okay, I guess it's time to get a new pair of glasses. Oh, my gosh. Um, so these, the ones that I have now, I, I think would do a similar thing, fog up a whole bunch. So I'm eager to find contacts. Yeah. You started with your friend. Tell me uh-huh. about that and what it was like and, like, how you made that choice. Yeah. So, hmm. So I only known about the Appalachian Trail for the past maybe like six or so years even growing up over here in Pennsylvania over here I (laughs) didn't (laughs) I didn't really know like much about it anything at all honestly and as I started to get more into wilderness and rock climbing um, I got my hiking guide certification these things just started to flow into my life Um, but I never really had 
you know, the, the time or the, it was never the perfect time, the perfect situation to do it. And I was working in a corporate job for three and a half years, was in a long-term relationship. I left my relationship in April, quit my job in June, bought a condo in June. Whoa. And then in, yeah. And then in <laughs> September, I was like, okay, I'm actually going to travel. <laughs> so for, what is it, June, July, August, September, four months after buying a condo, I left the area. Um and a month into being in Asia, my friend, Sean, who I met climbing a few years ago, who's become my best friend, he called me and was, he mentioned he was applying for different jobs as an art teacher. And he mentioned that the school that he was teaching at called the Hillside School offered him a job um, and, or offered him to stay rather and let him hike the Appalachian Trail. So that means he would miss a month at both ends of the school year, more or less. And Sean then came back and said, well, we'll do it as a fundraiser. Um, Like, we'll turn the hike into a fundraiser. So he's telling me all of this stuff. He mentioned that he told our one mutual friend about it at the Rock Gym. I was like, Sean, I have nothing else to do. Sign me up. So at that point, (laughs) I started researching different gear, and my Asia trip turned into this, like, AT prep trip. Um, (laughs) And uh, so I was in Asia until mid-December, and then from mid-December till the early March, I was um, in Colorado with four of my siblings, hanging out, climbing, hiking, and whatnot. And then I drove, I road tripped home early March, and from then, Sean, myself, and this one other guy, Andrew, we started planning the fundraising efforts for the hike and this school is awesome. It's an independent school for learning disabled kids. So our, our goal was to raise money and awareness for their scholarship program and just the school in general. So uh, yeah, it was really cool. And something that stuck with me from that experience was having something beyond myself to hike for. Uh, And when the days would get tough, and I was kind of, I remember hiking out of, oh my gosh, what is it called? Um, <laughs> this mm, happens every episode. <laughs> it's the worst. And I, I've told this story so many times, you'd think I would know it. What's um the NOC? Yeah. So hiking up, you, you know, you hike up for 10 miles uphill. And then if you're crazy, like we were, we went all the way up past Jacob's Ladder to that shelter. So it was like a 17-mile-ish day. It was brutal. Dude, and, wow. Yeah, that early yeah. in your hike? Uh, hello, three stress raptures. Like, yeah. Yes, it was brutal. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I saw, okay, granted it was so tiny, but I have this terrible fear of snakes. <laughs> we're, I'm getting off track here, but we're hiking up Jacob's Ladder. We're exhausted because I could probably collapse. Um, I'm in the, or Sean's in the front, I'm in the middle, and um, FedEx or uh, Andrew's in the back, <laughs> and the other person we started with. And so I'm like right behind Sean and Sean walks over this little snake. It doesn't say anything. And I see it and I freak out. I scream. I like run forward and like tackle Sean almost. And he's like, what? I'm like, there's a snake. And he turns around and he's just like dying hysterically laughing. He like turns around immediately and just starts being, cause he was like, I almost beat my pants. And he's like, Sean, I cannot. 
not even. I'm like crying from the snake and he's dying of laughter. That's so um, funny. Yeah. So anyway, so the three of us rallied together. We, um, I actually got to go into the school and teach a yoga class. Um, we went in and did a presentation for all the kids about what the AT is. They were really engaged with us and would track us along the journey. And they put together like different tips or facts about each state, like look out for bears here. Or this place has a lot of rocks or, you know, those Aww, types of yeah. things. It was really cool. And then, oh, gosh, bittersweet. But we decided to come up with this, like, 200-mile in 10-day challenge through Pennsylvania. And because the school's near Blue Mountain, we decided we would meet them on Blue Mountain. <laughs> and, like, that would be our end point to celebrate. Oh, Yeah, sounds adorable. Well, <laughs> we, <laughs> it was the worst, like, nine and a half days ever. So we ended up miscalculating. And we had to do 220 miles in nine days through the first two weeks of July, which were first nine days of July, oh, which were man. like that's the, the hottest time. <laughs> oh, Rachel, let me tell you, I was miserable. <laughs> like my foot, I, my, I was hiking and all of a sudden my feet didn't fit in my shoes. Oh my God, and, like, totally. Your chasing. sports bra doesn't fit. Oh, well, I didn't wear a sports bra. But oh, man, probably, my probably. bra did not fit me that week. It was like <laughs> everything was swollen. Everything. Oh, and then like chafing and then it starts uh-huh. raining and all your salts dripping in every little chafe crevice. Oh, and yeah. uh, my foot was just hurting. It was just rough. And then the rocks. Uh, let's talk about the rocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> but lucky for me, honestly. I was in, so my foot was hurting so badly because I started in ultras, so I didn't mm, know I did, if it I was I made the same sh- mistake. Oh, girl, yeah. let me tell you. Because I did not train for it. I know. Yes, exactly. And, like, exactly. I wore Vibram Five Fingers, which are naturally zero drop, and even that yeah. was not enough preparation for me to be starting in ultras, which I honestly think that they were just not the right shoe for me. They're not a one-size-fits-all shoe. I agree. Yeah. I 100% agree. Um definitely sold and like I, that. <laughs> you what they're definitely sold like that though i know it kills I, me like, i literally just wrote other shoe options. everybody just needs to like explore all the shoe options like yes uh, yeah yeah there are so many out there and that that's the overwhelming part and so for me personally like i went to all of the blog posts and i just kept seeing ultra 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 mm-hmm. so i went with that and i literally just wrote a blog on the trek about the five mistakes i made and just, like <laughs> trying to be the cool kid and wear what everybody else was yeah wearing. um but yeah so pennsylvania wasn't so bad because i reverted back to the shoes that i used to hike in which were just low um keens which Mm -hmm. i loved so i ended up wearing those which had a pretty thick sole and they were pretty durable so they were you know towards the end of their life because i picked them up in parisburg but um they were great so you know sean he was hiking i don't even know what he was but trail runners at the least and um he was walking on legos all day and granted i was too but just didn't hurt as much so (laughs) Yeah, so that's that, and hike for, um, you know, we were hiking for Hillside was kind of our logo, and it was really meaningful. Um, We ended up raising $25,000 for him, which was awesome. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, it was was really, really exciting. Um, By the end, Andrew and I 
went in. So interesting story. Uh, Sean, somewhere in Virginia, Sean got notified that there was an art teacher, art position opening in one of the like best school districts locally. Mm. And he applied for it on a whim. And he got an interview, so he left for a day. His mom came and picked him up, drove him home. He interviewed and then drove him back to trail that day. And on the way back, they called him and offered him the position. Oh, my gosh. What a day. I know. I know. He got back on trail, and he surprised us all, and we literally freaked out. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Plus, his mom brought, like, Snickers and Gatorade, so it was just the best day ever. Oh, yes. Gatorade was my all-time favorite (sighs) thing on trail. So good i don't even like gatorade in i know quote, quote, real life but i know give it to me on trail and i will chug it until i throw up there was this one day that i was going over some mountain in massachusetts like right after the border i think it was like mount race or something and you come up it, it was so steep and all the four water sources before it were dry that i was gonna get mm. water at and i was kicking myself the whole time because i had passed water in the morning <sighs> and so I'm down to, like, one sip of, like, water with Mio energy in it, and I had no other liquid left at all. And I was just walking up this mountain thinking, when I get home, I am going to keep one of the jumbo Gatorades in my fridge at all times. <laughs> and I was just like, you know when you would just imagine, have you ever seen, um, what's that movie with Aaron Ralston where he, like, cuts off his arm, you know, the guy gets trapped under the rock. Oh, like, 27 days or something? Yeah, yeah, 100, something about hours, yeah, but you know what I'm talking 27 about. 27 hours. Yes, that's what it is. Um, he has this one scene where he, like, imagines in his head on, like, time lapse, basically, hiking out of there back to his truck where his Gatorade is in the bed of his truck, and there's, like... It just he waterfalls and ice cubes and the trail and the uh and I just imagine that in my head like walking into town to get a gear <laughs> going up this steep climb and I just to this day I just kept thinking like I am going to buy Gatorade and then I haven't craved it since Ew, I left right? the trail at all <laughs> that cliff bars I never need to eat oh, again in my, my life God. until the PCT I guess but, I know. cliff barred myself out in college and then. I really thought I'd never eat them again, and I had one on trail, and I was like, no, that is it. I'm done. Mm-mm. Oh, good for you. I, oof, there. I had way too many of those. <laughs> yeah, too many. <laughs> I feel like I've had a few things on trail, and now I still feel like I could eat them again once the PCT starts. I feel like all diet habits kind of just die, or like all opinions on food die a little bit when you start through hiking. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Whoops. Never thought I'd eat ramen again. Oh, I ate it dry. <laughs> oh, actually, I feel like that's delicious. I used to, so I don't eat gluten. So for me, I couldn't indulge in that. But I feel like when I used to eat ramen, I wouldn't mind it. Like I would always sneak a little bit from the back. Like, yeah, the yeah. It's like a bottom. cracker. It's not yes, exactly. that bad. Yeah. Exactly. Um, tell me about through hiking gluten free. Oh, yeah. It was interesting. Um, Have you written a blog about this? Because you should. No, I'm uh, I'm on it. It's, like, coming to me. I've actually been in a really interesting slump the past few days. Mm. Past, it's probably going on a week now. I don't know what was going on. But, anyway, my creative juices were not flowing. Mm. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm on the up and up. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting. So I 
before trail, I was doing a few things in efforts to gain donations from companies for hiking for Hillside. I keep wanting to say hike for mental health because that's who I'm partnering with for the PCT. And I'm <laughs> sorry if I like keep stuttering after every time I'm like hiking for Hillside. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so I, in efforts to get donations from companies for this fundraising event, I was also reaching out to companies um, saying, you know, I have Lyme disease because and I started eating gluten-free prior to finding out I have Lyme, but when I, it's also something to stay away from having Lyme because it causes inflammation. Mm-hmm. So aside from it hurting my belly, it's just better that I don't consume it. So yeah. So anyway, so a bunch of companies, mostly bar or granola companies sent me some products. Um, and so that is what I would eat a lot of for breakfast and snacks different granolas that were gluten-free or different bars that were Mm gluten-free and then uh, because I had so much free product in that light I actually shipped myself food the entire trail Mm. Um, my dad was super helpful Uh, I left him all of the boxes and pre-packaged bags of like five days worth of food more or less Mm -hmm. and I also made this really what I love. So I didn't carry a stove. I cold soaked what I did eat, which was only this ground up. I ground up oats uh, so that they would absorb the liquid better. And I mixed it with chia seeds and flax seeds and cinnamon and coconut flakes and um, varying protein powder flavors. Mm -hmm. And that was my, I think it started as breakfast and then lunch and then dinner. Like, I don't know. It was whatever I wanted just to be, cycled, whatever meal. Yeah. yeah. So I just ate that. And that, I honestly think, fueled me and gave me a lot of my strength. Absolutely. Genuinely, I think that that was, like, my main meal. Um, Are you doing that for the PCT, too? I, yes. I think that's the one thing. And I'm not going to ship. Oh, I have this, like, love-hate relationship with it. So I love having good food that I knew I could eat and I was worried in some towns like I didn't know if they would all have gluten-free and I'm also vegetarian and I don't really eat dairy like I'm pretty much vegan I'll have eggs if they're in products just because it's so hard especially on trail but like Mm -hmm. I just try because they all affect me really strongly for Lyme disease like inflammation and just the way I feel in the morning like fatigue wise Mm. um so it was really comforting to know that I was going to have good food, but it was also like kind of stressful <laughs> in some places and having to plan my days. Like I had to be here on this day to pick up my package because the post office closes at this hour or it's yeah. not open this day. And like I had to leave the group I was with a couple of times to like make sure I got my package or <sighs> bounce it and then whatever. It was just, it was a lot of work and I don't want to sound like I'm complaining because I am so grateful that I had all of that food, but I also recognize that I could have shopped at a lot of those places. And I'm hoping that, you know, out West there, there will be more grocery stores maybe that will be accommodating. Mm. And I also feel like I know more quote unquote tricks of what I can eat and can't eat. And I noticed at the end, towards the end of the AT when it was getting hard to get boxes or I just, I was like, Dad, it's okay. I'll just buy food in, in towns. Um, I was eating a lot of chips and hummus or chips and, yeah, it was really just chips and hummus. I think I packed out guac like once, but it, it was gross. Mm. Um, so I ate salsa? a lot of – Oh, it's heavy. You what? Salsa's really heavy. 
I was going to say, because you can have salsa, but it's Well, I can't really have tomatoes either, because they're nightshades, and they are really bad for my joints. Um, Damn, girl. I know. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but eating the chips and just hummus wasn't as filling and satisfied, and I think that's why I had a lot of extra fatigue by the end of trail. Like, I just didn't have the energy like I did in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. so anyway, I, I've learned a lot from doing one through hike and the pros and cons of mail drops. And I'll definitely do some of them and have two boxes or two containers of protein powder already picked out, ready to make my oatmeal mush. But, mm. you know, I'm done with uh, – I'll if put it in there periodically. If there's, like, one thing that I could carry on a through hike for food – I would definitely be protein powder. Like, I was shocked when I did have protein powder how much it made me, like, things are easier, and it made me feel better, and it was more, it was, like, a real fuel. It wasn't, because it was all, like, it was, like, Vegas, plant-based protein, and Uh it was, it actually changed my life. (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously. And I should have carried it more. And now, like, even now, I drink... like protein shakes every morning vegan protein shakes every morning and it like it's nice at home because you can add heavy stuff to it like strawberries and (laughs) (laughs) peanut butter and like the good kind not like you have to stir because it's not gonna leak in your food bag kind (laughs) of you know oh man the troops of trail hilarious so funny it's so Uh, savage honestly like it really is sometimes can't even it's funny I definitely, yeah, one time I drank a whole bottle of water with a spider at the bottom. (gasps) No. Yeah, it was like a, it seemed like a harmless spider, and I was, it was the only water I had, and it was Pennsylvania. There is no water there. There is no water there. Also, how the hell did you get a spider in the bottom of your water bottle? I don't know. I was probably talking and left it open, (gasps) or just climbing in. I used to, I would, like, hold my water, and I would... When I got to camp, I would try to drink as much water as I could before bed, and then I, I just dealt with getting up and going to the bathroom in the middle of the night because I felt better being hydrated than I did having to get up and go pee in the middle of the night. I didn't really care about that, but I just didn't drink a lot during the day. I just had a hard time with it. So when I got to camp, I would always drink like at least a liter and a half of water while my dinner was cooking, and... A lot of times I would just feel like talking to whoever I'm at camp with and I would just have my open bottle in my lap and just, you know, drink out of it. And I have found lots of things in my water bottle. And oh my God. You would think that I would learn my lesson. I, I kind of did. You know what? After the I aunt, just, I did. Because I had the little, the mouth, oh, I don't know how to explain it. The so, little... yeah, no, I had a tube for my bottle. Okay. Like the okay. camel, like it's like a camelback tube. And instead of going to the bladder, it goes to your bottle. It screws on the top of, like, a smart water bottle. No, I got it on I'm Amazon. I'm saying, like, the top of my smart water bottle wasn't a cap. It was one of those flip-open caps with, like, the sucky... Oh, the sports top? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those so are definitely spiders better. spiders can crawl in that. Yeah. I mean, small ones might be able to. <laughs> Apparently, we do it all the time. Uh, all right, let's change the subject. Spiders, <laughs> snakes, and bears are like hard goes for me. But, so kidding. I had like uh, so I had a straw, and it did definitely help with hydration. I definitely drank more, but I realized one day in New Jersey that it 
was starting to taste kind of funny. No, don't even. Oh, I'm nauseous. Oh, God. It was just, there was a lot of mold in there. And that, my friends, is why I no longer recommend straws on trail and especially do not recommend water bottles because you're not cleaning them enough. And, like, a smart water bottle, you can recycle and just get a new one. (laughs) A straw is, no, you're not getting a new one. (laughs) Like, you have to order that. And there's no good way to clean it. Like, even I poured boiling water in it. Like, I finally, at a gas station in West Virginia, I just, or no, was it? It was West Virginia that it happened. It wasn't New Jersey. It was right before Harper's Ferry. That's where it was. Well, and it was, and I like just you're putting away. Mio and like all different things in there. Probably. So the straw like, only is for water. Oh, oh okay. yeah. And it's still got moldy. Ooh, yeah. Well, I guess different temperatures and stuff. Yeah. And it was really, I mean, it was, it was hot by then. It was really Ooh. hot. Virginia Gross. was, by the end of Virginia, it was pretty warm. So. When were you in Virginia? Um, June, early June, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was summer. It was hot. I just, uh, bladders, straws, just, mm-mm. No. Yep. No, yep. no, no. <laughs> Mold. <laughs> it's, it was so gross. It really, it, oh, I didn't even. Throw it out. Yeah, it was definitely worth throwing away, honestly. Like, I spent $20 on it. Whatever. That's fine. Mm. <laughs> that is fine. Because <laughs> you're never going to get it. I mean, it's plastic. You're never going to really get it out. And if you're yeah. pouring boiling water in there, and then, like, what are what chemicals are you leaching? Plastic, yeah. <sighs> Bad territory there. Yeah. <laughs> just throw it out. I just, and I also, okay, after trail, I started doing a lot more research on plastic. And wowee, we do not know the effects of plastic truly. Like, from using them, yeah, sure, we can rule out BPA and, like, stop using it, but... all the chemicals in plastic are bad like there's not one chemical that is not bad and i so i recently have just started trying to use like as little plastic as possible and um and it's funny because i had a camelback water bottle here in north carolina i just bought it before i moved and it was our there was like mold growing in it and i wash it like take it apart and wash it every week and it was growing in like the little mouth bitey tip thing oh gross and i finally am just like i'm just not gonna use this anymore and it's plastic and i mean it's bpa free but i just there was a glass bottle with um you know like the bottles that sangria comes in at like trader joe's or like that camp kombucha comes in if you get like the ones with the metal hinge that like flips the top off oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so i found one of those actually in ted's mom's cabinet and she was like oh you can have that whatever (laughs) and it was clean so i just started putting water in it and now i just drink out of that and it's great and it's glass and i have less fear (laughs) that's perfect perfect what do you take on hikes then um i just i use a smart water bottle yeah yeah i still use plastic for some things but like if i can use glass you're mindful it's yeah it's worth it good i love that Thank you so much for listening, guys. Seriously, I love making this podcast, and I'm so glad you're here. I hope these stories inspire and motivate you to get outside, and as usual, I'll see you next week. If you want to follow me, the podcast, my blog, and everything else I do, you can find me at Trail Name Here on Instagram or facebook.com slash trailnamehere. You can also find me at trailnamehere.com. 
You can find Devin on Instagram at Devin Everett Yoga. That's Devin, D-E-V-I-N, Everett, E-V-E-R-E-T-T, Yoga. This episode is sponsored by Freiburg Motors, Mount Washington Valley's number one choice for European automotive sales and service. You can find them at 299 Main Street in Freiburg, Maine, or you can find them at FreibergMotors.com. Follow them on Facebook to get their latest inventory and deals straight to your newsfeed.